the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Part of the strategy that I like to talk on occasion, I do a lot of breaking news. I do a lot of market history, insurance, investing, real estate, estate planning. I throw a lot into this show. One of the things I want to talk about is Morgan Stanley is warning that housing affordability is deteriorating faster than any point in history. Wow, that's a worrisome trend, is it not? Um, I have a house. I love it. It's home sweet home me. I have a getaway home, which makes me feel wealthy. And trust me, I feel that. Um, Privilege. And I was took me into my 30s to afford that. So I wonder about my children. I wonder about 25-year-old men. I wonder about anyone below me. Like affordability, that sucks. That That's a, a debilitating mindset. But at the same time, I'm having honest conversations with my children. And me and my spouse, we differ because... I really approach the honest approach. Yeah, dad was previously married. She doesn't tell them how her previous marriage ended. Um, I'm very big into being honest with my children. And I try to bring that kind of a, a attitude to the show, or maybe I bring the show to my kids kind of thing. Probably more of that. But home affordability is a big issue. I wonder if my kids will ever be able to afford a home on their own. I would love that idea. I'm planning on maybe it not happening. Um, so I'm going to be helping them out, but you kind of get where I'm going at with this, right? Higher mortgage rates usually push home prices down by cooling demand. Problem is that home prices are still rising while interest rates on mortgages are surging higher. Real estate is not a complex asset class. I know a lot of people want to turn investing and real estate into like, I'm smarter than everyone else because look what I did. I owned Apple. Well, I'm smarter than everyone else did because I bought a, I inherited my mommy and daddy's house and didn't sell it. Totally get, we tried to make ourselves geniuses. Uh, listings have dropped rapidly. Many homeowners who locked in low rates for 30 years are reluctant to put their homes on the market and switch to a higher rate. As of September, the number of home listings across the U.S. was 42% lower than the pre-pandemic average from 2017 to 2019. So there's, there's very little inventory out there. And let's stop and think about that for uno momentero. That's Spanish for one moment. Um, the annual income of the average American is pretty much so stagnant. That means housing has been pushed further out of the reach for low-income families and for starters. And again, what stinks about the ecology there or the ecosystem is you need first-time home buyers, 25-year-old, first job out of college. You need him to get into something cheap, something ratty, something away from mom and dad so he can start building a little bit of equity. And then later he falls in love and what the world needs now. It's not another love song, but he falls in love and he marries. And she's like, you're a 
apartment's ratty. Let's find something better. So they go after a townhouse. And they make whoopee in every room. And they make baby whoops. Or not whoops. Like, yay! Happiness, right? Whatever it is for you. And then the spouse is like, we need a bigger house. So you kind of need the whole ecosystem working from the lower end. Get out of college. To young couple. To young couple with baby. To buy my home from me. So I want them to succeed. Um, amid hot inflation, uncertain economy, real estate moguls are fi- still finding ways to effectively invest their millions. Prime commercial real estate has outperformed the S P 500 over a 25 year period with help of new platforms. These kind of opportunities are now available to retail investors. So what I'm trying to tell my kids is there's a lot of ways to own real estate. You can own it through a REIT, a real estate investment trust that owns you know, institutional quality properties like CVS, Kroger, Walmart, where they're paying rent to the landlord and you basically are part owner, the landlord. Um, I'm t- telling my kids that they have to be me. And I don't think you have to be me. So 25 years ago, twenty probably 22, to be honest, it was very early when I moved to the Bay Area. Stop in Oakland, called the show, listened to the show, and... um He's like, I want to buy real estate. I just can't do it on a cop salary. I'm like, first and foremost, thank you for being a police officer. You don't know how brave I think being a police officer is. And I I know there's bad ones out there. But trust me, in the world of mechanics, there's bad ones out there. In the world of doctors, there's bad ones out there. Um, So I said, you know, I get kisses, but I'm like, hey, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Can I get out of a speeding ticket for free? Or no, no, no. So. I said, why don't you buy in Tampa? Where do you want to retire? He's like, Tampa. He wants to be like a, a, a fisherman when he retires. I'm like, so, okay, buy a house in Tampa, put a renter in it, and rent here. Done. You good? I'm moving on. Next question. And that concept had never dawned on him. So I kind of want to push just another second here. You have to start thinking out of the box. Um, so... If you're a 25-year-old and this is your first job and you're trying to get out of mom and dad's house, maybe you live with four roommates and buy a home elsewhere and put a tenant in it. And you start building equity. Or how about you do what was my favorite thing to do for a 25-year-old male? There's something called a REIT. It's Real Estate Investment Trust. It's publicly traded. Never, ever, never, ever, never do the private REITs. Private REIT means um, jerk face man starts a fund and he says, I'm the best real estate investor ever. If you give me 10000 to $50,000, I will find other investors and I will go buy real estate for us. You have no control. You have no idea if this guy's a charlatan. I've seen more private REITs blow up and lose everything than I, I care to say out loud. I've seen more shareholder lawsuits uh, as people try to recoup their, their money from buying a private REIT. I'm like, you should have read the details, my friend. So I'd rather a 25-year-old man go after what's called a publicly traded REIT. And you can learn more about REITs, R-E-I-T-S, by going to investinreits.com. Or Google REITs, R-E-I-T-S, that stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And what it is, the word trust means that Congress put together some special legislation back in the 1960s that allowed publicly traded companies with publicly run CEOs to say, hey, look, let's get into finding places for uh, Whole Foods is a, a big supermarket. They're going to need a lot of store locations. They're going to need prime store locations. They don't want to be in the 
uh, low income uh, neighborhoods. They want to be in the high, just right off the freeway, easy to get in and out of parking. And that publicly traded REIT will go out and secure property and they'll tell Whole Foods, you owe us $5,000 a month rent. They'll collect the rent, they'll manage the property. If there's snow that needs to be lifted and shoveled, they'll do it for Whole Foods. I would rather the 25 year old man go after REITs because he gets exposure to real estate. So let's say he has $800 a month. And to be realistic, you need $2,000 a month for rent, uh, a mortgage payment. So he only has 800. Put that $800 a month into publicly traded REITs and you're getting into real estate. Now you're, it's going to take a little bit more than that. But that's what I would tell a 25 year old or and live with five roommates. Um, what's interesting is I once lived with four roommates and let's just say my days of living with roommates was over when the police showed up and there was um, potential murder charges pending. Yep. True story. Um, the roommates, we all got along. It's just one roommate ate everyone else's food and we all got pissed off by it. So one roommate decides to put soap in his milk and uh, put his name on the milk. So the roommate knew clearly not to drink said carton of milk and the roommate still did. And he thought he had been poisoned. So he calls poison control. And of course, what's called poison control, police come and get the evidence and take it away. And let's just say there was a 30 day period where the police labs were analyzing the milk to see if it was poison or not. And what would have really sucked if someone had gone in and added to the milk poison, then that guy probably would have been facing murder charges. As it was, I think everyone just learned, let's not live together anymore. This isn't working. True story. And let's tell that story around the Christmas table every year. I like a good macabre sense of humor. Okay, so real estate. I think I've pounded that as aggressively as I can at this point in time. Housing affordability is deteriorating faster than any point in data history. You don't have to get into a home. You don't have to be paralyzed. You have to think outside the box. You can be like the police officer in Oakland who buys a home in Tampa that he's going to retire in in 10 years, rents it out for the next 10. Now, again, Tampa's become really expensive now in the last year, too, but this was 20 years ago. So I think he probably did okay as long as being a landlord was his cup of tea. With those REITs that I'm talking about is the company owns the real estate. And you're basically, and they manage it for you. That's where it's pretty sweet. Plus, it's a big cash flow machine. In retirement, I would say 15 to 20% of my income will come from REITs, real estate investment trusts. Um, they tend to have yields of 3 to 4%, sometimes as high as 5 But that starts, when you see a yield of 5%, you better know. It's riskier than a yield of 3%. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Again, ending this segment, Invest in REITs is a lovely concept because you own a little bit of publicly traded real estate, plus you get the management on top who services the property. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in any of this. My kids may not be what their dad was, but there's no shame in that. They were just born at a different time than me. Um, I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show. I'm setting up some seminars for 2023. I'm setting up a lot of free content from my company that backs me, EP Wealth. A lot of good webinars. You'll find out more at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. 
visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Did you see the headline news this week? Elizabeth Holmes was sentenced to 11.25 years in prison. Found guilty on four counts of fraud. Comes to court pregnant. The idea of not being able to the idea of not being able to raise your kid for 11 years. It sounds like bad science fiction policing. But what Elizabeth Holmes did, Sam Bankman Freed makes look silly with crypto and FTX. Will he get that similar time? Speaking of which, crypto and FTX got this weird, weird update over the weekend. We were introduced to a new character in the story named Caroline Ellison, a mathway as a trader and a shadow figure. And some of the stories about how she went to Stanford and she kind of eight of them in the Bahamas started FTX and she's one of them and she's running Alameda, which is the company that was borrowing coins from FTX, then buying them back and basically laundering money back and forth between the two companies. So it looks like there was more business there than there was more assets there than there were. Kind of looks like she should be on the um, math team. She was on math teams when I was studying her up on her this weekend. But it's gotten into a weird thing where she's like, yeah, we're all sexually living together and we'd all pair off into a normal trad, T-A-R-D, trad. I'm like, what does that word mean? Traditional. So you get into traditional relationships, but then change the characters. I'm like, oh, this is a cult. And I think that's how it's going to be played out. That he was a charismatic figure that manipulated a lot of people. Um, Bill Gates and his Bill Gates sense of humor said he's done a lot of weird crap in his life. That's marking the world toilet day by sharing some of his antics, including drinking water from a fecal sludge. I'm a big fan of Bill Gates. Um, I know Microsoft was in a monopoly, and I know that he didn't have a lot of original ideas. I know a lot like Zuckerberg, he looked at the competition and said, oh, we should be doing that too. Uh, maybe he was Zuckerberg before Zuckerberg, but I do like him post-retirement. He's raised a lot of awareness about poor sanitation in the world. Eh, I won't get preachy, I promise. Um. I want to talk about things you should be doing in your 30s. I've talked about things you should be doing in your 20s, financially speaking. Now let's talk about things you should be doing in your 30s. When you turn 30, make sure you've paid off all your non-mortgage debt. It doesn't have to be 30 in day one, but mortgage isn't what I'm talking about. You want to get rid of the credit card you want to get rid of the auto loan debt. You want to get rid of the student loan debt. So you don't want debt to become a prominent conversation for you in your 30s. I was in a relationship with Juliet. And I learned I couldn't really talk honestly about money. I wasn't well established yet. 
and it, it's it, it stinks. I didn't get married in my twenties. A lot of my friends got married in their twenties. I wanted to be established. I wanted to prove to Juliet I, I was the man. Don't let debt become that. It's not attractive. I say in your thirties, kick, kick that whole debt cycle altogether if you can. Save up for big ticket items. Avoid going to debt. I want a new $4,000 gaming computer for my son. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I can get it faster this year than last year. There's no supply chains. No. He's got a two-year-old computer. He'll be fine for another year. Maybe I'll get him a card upgrade and we'll, you know, put the card in together and have a father-son moment and then go fishing and then grab a beer together. But he's only 14. I know. I know. I know. $300 a month towards student loan payments turns out, you know, it's stopping you from saving. Try to get rid of the debt, especially the expensive debt in your 30s. In your 30s, get serious about retirement. I don't think you need all 40 years, age 20 to 60, but you need at least 30 years of saving and investing. If you wait till you're 40, you're probably going to work till the day you die. Work with a TD Ameritrade, a Schwab. Fidelity of Vanguard. That's it. There's no other companies. You can be blind to the rest of them. Those are the only financial companies you have to work with. Everyone else, eh, not quite them. And guess what? They're not going to look at the color of your skin. They're not going to look at how much you earn. They're not going to look at it at, you know, oh, you've got a nose ring. You can't, you're not welcome here. Vanguard, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Schwab. That's all you need. Why make it more difficult for yourself? Oh, I'm going to go with uh, this brokerage company out of uh, Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. I've got a friend there. No, don't do that. No, no. I love that you have friends. Keep that fine. But don't necessarily work with a company other than the ones that I just talked about. They're low cost. And they're great paperwork. Another thing to do in your 30s is start diversifying. your. Uh, okay, so get serious about Retirement. Time's still on your side. Don't be tempted to save for your kids' college expenses instead of saving for your retirement. Save for your retirement first. Kids' savings for college second. Make sure you're on track. After all, there's loans to pay for school. There's loans, but there's no loans to pay for retirement. Diversify your assets. Um, I think you should own some large cap companies. I think you should own some mid cap companies. I think you should own some small cap companies. I think you should own some growth and I think you should own some value. I've been talking about this for years. It's a tic-tac-toe board where it goes from small to large on one axis. And on the other axis, it goes from value to growth. So you want some small cap value, some small cap blend, some small cap growth, some mid cap value, some mid cap blend, some mid cap growth. I know you're saying, but I really want to own just crypto. I really want to own just Apple. Wrong. Diversify. By your 30s, you should have at least a full stash of money to cover three to six months of expenses in case you lose your job. Now, again, when you turn to 60, I need you to have three years of income plus that emergency fund. But we're not there yet. We're still in your 30s. The best way to protect your assets is to have that emergency fund. This year, oh, at the seminar, a couple people came up to me and they're like, should I sell the stock because I really need money for my mortgage? I'm like, no, you should have had three years emergency fund. And they they want me to agree with them, like that things are going to get lower. I'm like, no, I don't know if they are or not. I know a year from now, I bet we're in a better position if I, if I were a betting man. 
there's no guarantees. I think in your 30s, you know, protecting yourself with an emergency fund is really, really important. It's a weird idea for a lot of people like, wow, that cash is doing nothing. Well, the cash is now getting 4%. It's doing a little bit more than nothing. In your 30s, live simply. Uh, Don't live. Don't compete with the neighbors. Small sacrifices add up to big rewards. Identify areas where you can trim fat. I could trim concerts if I needed to easily. Keeping up with the Joneses is a losing game. Someone else's success may be a facade. Um, my family is losing a family fr- uh, friend. They're moving back east. And they, there's kind of this facade that things are better back there. There's not a lot of difference between San Francisco and, and Boston as far as job markets go. But one person in the family believes she could only get a job in Boston. So the whole family's moving. They're struggling. But another facade that I saw was once uh, my kids were friends with two other kids who were their age. Their mother was like Barbie. Her name was Kelly. She was married to Dave. And Dave had a startup company that was doing an app for diabetics where basically your phone would tell you, hey, don't forget your sugar insulin. Hey, and we call those alarms. And if your app told you, don't forget your sugar readings and you look at your sugar readings and they weren't good. He would say, do you need a nurse? And he would hook you up with a nurse. Turns out we don't really need that. HMOs, they do it themselves. That's an in-house thing. But Dave said he was you know, getting venture capital. He was going to be this big success. He wasn't. It was all a facade. Um. He and his wife would lie to landlords about how much they would make. They would change. They would fake W-2s. Adobe Photoshop has its uses, right? For the record, this is funny. In my teens, when I was like 17, 18, my friend Brian P., um, he built replica state driver's license. And then you put your head behind this big box. And in front of the box, it was the state driver's license. But it was a real life size. Take a picture. You eventually he, he figured out how to get it laminated and everything. And you'd hope the bouncer has never been to the Arizona because it looked re- pretty real. I was rolling in clay. That was my fake ID name. <laughs> I lived at 108 Toronto Lane. I knew my social security number. I used my own. Like, that's funny, right? Yeah. And some states have their social security number on your driver's license. That needs to change. Shinny, I'm looking at you. In your 30s, make your will known. You may die. And you have some assets that you want to go to your kids, your spouse, your family members. In your 30s, get a life insurance policy. Buy term life for the next 30 years. I know. It's that kind of simple. 10 times your salary is a good start. That'll give your spouse some, some wiggle room in case you kick over debt. To take time and mourn you. To take time and pay bills that were counting on your income. In your 30s, start being charitable. That's it. Those are the financial rules and commandments. That's it. You can listen to this segment again and again and again. That's your 30s. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investments, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black. 
And here's one of the greatest pieces of investment advice I've ever run across. It's all written down on an index card. Remember the index cards it's carried to at school? Number one was max out your 401k or equivalent employee contribution. If you want to get to retirement, that's a great first step. Max out your 401k or 403b. Number two, buy inexpensive, well-diversified mutual funds, such as Vanguard Target 20XX funds. I agree and I disagree with that one. I say instead of buy inexpensive, well-diversified mutual funds, I'd say index funds. And I like the target funds, but I don't think they're perfect. I think they need to be, for instance, if you're starting investing at age 40, don't set your target as as, as 20 years from now. Set your target as 40 years from now because you're probably behind in saving. Of course, consult a broker advisor for taking action on index. I mentioned on that show. Number three, on the index card of power, as I would say, um, never buy or sell an individual stock. The person on the other side of the table knows more than you do about this stuff. And I agree and I disagree with that one. I say buy individual stocks that you're comfortable with, names that were around when you're a child that you feel comfortable with, knowing that even stocks that you feel comfortable with, they can and too will get in trouble. Like, for instance, Microsoft did in the late 90s. Like, for instance, GE did in the mid-2000s. Companies that were once rock steady kind of lost their way, one in the front of antitrust, one in front of trying to become too big and too leveraged. GE became problematic. If you had asked me 25 years ago, uh, one of my favorite stocks, I would have said GE. And then they over leveraged and they bought things they should have bought. Pushing forward on the index card, save 20% of your money. Yes. If you can save it, do it. Start with 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, build towards 20%. Number, uh, whatever on the index card is pay your credit card balance in full every month. Yes. Maximize tax advantage savings vehicles like Roths, SEPs, and 529 accounts. Yes. Pay attention to fees and actively manage funds. Anytime you're in a mutual fund and there's a cost over 1%, you should be questioning if you're better off in an index fund. So I agree with that. Make financial advisor commit to a fiduciary standard. I love that a CFP certified financial planner is a fiduciary standard. The company I work with, EP Wealth, are fiduciaries. And finally, uh, on the list of the index cards of how to get ahead financially is promote social insurance programs to help people when things go wrong. Going to set it better. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. I do my very best in some of the simplest ways to get key concepts to you. I try not to use fear or greed. You know, with that being said, sometimes it comes out, right? Kind of think it's kind of a natural human thing to do. You sometimes be a little bit spooked. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email and say, hey, can you talk about this on air? And I'll do my best. Got a email last week from a young woman in her what do you think 20s yeah 20s and i thought this is perfect this is good stuff to talk about the thought here was what should i be doing 
her big thought in her head was something along the lines of TD Ameritrade or Fidelity. And I'm like, ooh, you need a little bit more than just that. What do you need? In your 20s, you need to have some basics. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to let you make some mistakes in your 20s. I'm actually pretty good with that. I think it's important that you understand compounding. I think it's important that you understand time are two of the most important things you can do or control. In your 20s, you want to start planning ahead. Get to where you want in life. You need goals. You need a plan. You can't just drive a car without a steering wheel or with your eyes closed. You kind of have to be conscious on this one. In your 20s, you need to live within your means. If you can't afford something, don't buy it. We all fall victim to this. I know. I once wanted to buy a car and I knew in my head I could afford $300 a month payment. Not 310, not 325. Um, and I negotiated the hell out of it. Probably to the point where I could have picked up a couple extra shifts and just paid the extra money. But I went into it very conscious of living within my means. I didn't always. Also in my 20s, at the same time period, I went to concerts and I'd, you know, I'd fork out the money to Ticketmaster and get front rows or close. That's the thing I splurge on. Concert experiences. I know you're saying, but it's only one night and it's over after three hours. Exactly. And you're right. I budgeted in so that I was able to still pay my rent, do my business, eat food, date. The most important thing I did in my 20s was I made saving a habit. Not with a 401k, but with an IRA. I started my own company in my 20s, so we didn't have a 401k yet. So I did a self-directed IRA. Biggest, the most important thing to me was saving $2,000 a year because in my head, 2000 times five years is 10000 and then you're on your way. Rough to see the wizard. In my 20s, I figured out credit cards can get you into a lot of trouble. They can be an albatross around your neck. Um, I don't like the whole world of Susie Orman. Oh, and for the record, at a recent seminar, a guy came up to me and said, I'm a nuclear physicist and I like Susie Arm. I'm like, okay, don't pay attention to my show. He also was talking about how lithium is not a rare earth. And I know I don't care. If I said it on air, I talked too fast. I made a mistake. Oops. And he wanted to correct me. So I was like, leave, just leave the seminar. He didn't pay for it. He didn't, he didn't even sign up. He just showed up and I was just like, you know, you're too much. If you're going to come here and say you like Sue's Orman, get out. I know you're saying that's pretty harsh, Rob. Um, 
if you knew what bad advice she gave, and it, I know that if you like that, you don't need to do anything that I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to play games with you that, you know, pay off your largest credit card first or your smallest credit card first, or just pay one off and you'll feel good about yourself. What I'm going to say is grow up, bootstrap up, set a goal to pay off all your credit card debt before you turn 30. Don't get into credit card debt again. A $2,000 balance on an 18% interest rate credit card could take nearly 10 years to pay off if you just make the minimum 4% payment each month. And it's going to cost a $2,000 balance with a minimum payment cost an extra $1,100. And just for the record right now, some credit cards are up to 30%, not even the heinous 18%. Just here's something you need to know about credit cards. You're not getting a 12 to 18% raise every year. Stop paying 12% to 18% more. If you're carrying a balance, you're using credit card wrong, or you're really struggling financially and you're desperate. In your 20s, start investing. The sooner you start investing, the less painful it will be and the more you'll accumulate. Let's say a man starts socking away $200 a month at age 25. This is not a word problem. $200 a month at age 25, an account earning an average of 8%. By the time he's turned 65, he'll have $703,000. But if he waits until he turns 30, he only has $462,000. So $200 a month is simple enough to you, like, I could do that, and I'm 25 years old. You're on your way. Because to me, $200 a month, if you can't do $200 a month savings, something bad on you. I know, I know there's inflation. I know there's rent. I know that there's a job market that's precarious for tech workers. So I'll I'll dial that one back. I won't say bad on you, but I'll say it's really important that you get that one going. In your 20s, you want to establish credit. It's okay to live at home in your 20s if you're saving some extra money for a down payment on a home or down payment on a better lifestyle down the road. But at some point in time, you're going to need to cut that financial umbilical cord. And it helps to have good credit, so establish credit in your 20s. I have got a credit score of 820. It's the highest it's ever been in my life. I've usually had a credit score of 750 to 775 for most of my adult life. I once said on air, I've never seen a a perfect credit score of 850, and someone sent me theirs. And I was like, dang, that is perfect. Um, But having a 750 means you can get a 2.5% mortgage rate when they're available. Get the best mortgage rates. You get jobs. Every job that, uh, every employee that I've hired in the last 10 years, we've run a credit check on them. See if they've paid their bills on time. See if they have a foreclosure against them. Things that might mar their character or tell you like, yeah, they're not in it for the long haul to be your employee. They tend to find themselves in financial messes. So a good history can save you a bundle on your auto insurance. If you decide you want to get an apartment, landlord's going to run your credit. Job, we're going to run your credit. Building good history in your 20s will ensure that it's ready when you need it and want to use it in your 30s. When the bigger ticket items like homes and cars and other scenarios come into play. 
in your 20s, you want to make sure you have a marketable skill. Your own earning power rooted in education job skills is the most valuable asset you'll ever own. The most important thing that you have from age 20 to 60 is your ability to earn income. Period. I, 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 I could say you can become a crypto trader, genius, billionaire, but nope, I'm not going to say that's the most important thing. It's having a marketable skill. I use this example and it really shows math is kind of cold. If you make $100,000 a year at age 20, you're going to make, and you don't get any raises in your life, you're going to make $4 million in your working career from age 20 to 60, right? Now, that's with no investments. In that period of time, that first 100000 will double in the next 30 years, three times. Really important to get that first $100,000 saved. Um, so you have to do that out of income. And your income, do you see where how income and savings work together? And then... Income, savings, and investments. So in your 20s, have a marketable skill. In your 20s, marry wisely. I've got a family member who just got engaged, and they went to Italy to get engaged. And I'm like, oh, you guys are starting off with a lot of debt. Beautiful, but a lot of debt. In your 20s, have some fun. Investments in finance doesn't have to be boring. Taking the time to travel and have new experiences before you have a couple of cranky kids. It's easier. It's cheaper. Ten. Have some fun. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.